you getting? But, but that's not the question of the day. The question is, what are you giving? As a kid, my, my favorite question revolved around that, that idea. What am I getting for Christmas? My Christmas list, Santa's lap, all of those were part of the, of the great anticipation of, of what I would be getting. But I, at some point, have come to the point in my life where, and I'm guessing so have most of you, that it's way more fun to talk about what you're giving than what you're getting. For the past week, I have heard a number of people as they've told me about what they're buying for their spouse or a kid or their parent or whatever, and, and it's, it's unmistakable. You, you can see the joy on people's face. You can hear the joy in people's voice when they talk about the things that they are giving. It, it turns out that, that it is not just a, a cliche. It's not just a Hallmark card. It really is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Proof of that came this past Wednesday when we had our all-church white elephant gift exchange. Incredible gifts, but not necessarily in the good way. Uh, Christian Delbaum, who opened up the, um, the assortment of Barbies, he was so excited about that. Uh, George Agar, here's a picture, if you can see it, of... Uh, uh, tough to see, or you can look back there, it's a little better to see. Uh, George wearing his... Uh, his white elephant gift, that George, he's always on the ball. Um, I've been waiting all week to use that, but I might not use it again in second service. My gift was um, was one, you know when you open up a gift and there's the gift and it has a little, little piece of paper in there that says batteries not included? Mine was, a, was two batteries that had a little piece of paper with it that said gift not included. And, um, and then underneath it, in P.S., it said, the batteries might not work either. There's nothing that proves uh, that giving is more blessed than receiving than a church white elephant gift exchange. For a number of years, Jamie and I tried the let's not get anything for Christmas thing. And she totally failed at that every time. There would always be, invariably, something that would show up under the, under the tree with my name on it. And I would protest about it, and she would say, I know, I know, it's just something small. I just can't stand not giving you something for Christmas. And you know, she's right. Because the joy of Christmas is in the giving. Gift giving has become such a big deal that some people make that part of their, their summer shopping season, their summer vacation, to try to figure out how they can get all their Christmas presents before Christmas gets there. Some, some will go this Thursday, the day after Christmas, and they will try and buy all their gifts for the following year. The, the, I tried that once. The trick is I don't remember where I put the stuff, and I don't remember what I bought, and it didn't really work for me, but some will do that. I heard one guy say that um, there are two kinds of Christmas presents. The ones that you don't like and the ones that you don't get. I'll let that sink in for just a moment. Where did all this gift-giving begin? How did it get started? Some say it started, it came from Europe, was part of uh, immigration to America. Some say it's just really a corporate-driven thing. Others say it goes all the way back to the wise men giving the frankincense, gold, and myrrh, just as it was played out last week so well by our kids on the stage. Let me set the record straight, or at least the record I think is straight. For me, I think the first instance of Christmas giving in, is in the Bible. 
But it's not the wise men. It happened between Mary and God. And Luke records it in the first chapter of his gospel. Luke 1, 26 to 38. I think it was the first Christmas gift exchange. Only two individuals attended. One came ready and was loaded with presents. One was totally unprepared and she had to give what she had. As we read the passage, listen and see if you hear the gift that God and Mary exchanged. I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel this morning. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man, Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever until the end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come to you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, that will be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. Be seated. So what did God give Mary? First he gave an angel. Now, not the, not the kind of angel I saw on the TV the other night with uh, named Clarence in my favorite Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. I'm thinking this angel had a little more on the ball than Clarence. Not the kind of angel that drinks cappuccinos and mochas like uh, Monica from Touched by an Angel. Not, not the kind of angel, even the ones that were represented so well last week over here. This, this is Gabriel. This is a messenger sent straight from the throne of God. What is an angel? It's a, somewhat of a mystery to us, for, for the Bible only gives us some glimpses every now and then. This much we know for certain. An angel means messenger. An angel is God's messenger, a being that comes from, from the throne room of God, from heaven, and brings a message representing God himself. You know, I wondered... If Mary was a young girl today, she might not have noticed Gabriel standing there. She might have been listening to her iPod or updating her Facebook status or doing homework or texting three people and doing all of those things at once. Life is busy. Life is so noisy. I'm not sure that any of us would notice. And if we did, would we recognize it, that it was an angel? Would we recognize that it was a messenger from God? I don't know, but, but I do know this, that sometimes God sends his gift in some pretty unusual packages. And if we're not attentive, and if we're not, if we're not looking, and if we're not listening, 
we can miss them. I've wondered as I've thought about that, have there been times in which God has wanted to send me a message, when God has wanted to send me a gift, and and I have been busy with what I'm doing and the noise of the day and and the to-do list of my life, and I have missed God speaking. God gave Mary an angel. God gave Mary a scare. How else would you describe when it says Mary was troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, there seems to be this notion that when God steps into our life, everything will be merry and bright. But sometimes, sometimes God's intervention in our life is unsettling. Sometimes it's disturbing. Sometimes, sometimes it's even frightening. That's why, that's why angels begin the conversation with, with fear not. That's why they say, do not be afraid. I think it's part of their angel training. I think God says to them, don't, don't give them all the thus saith the Lord stuff first. Their knees will be knocking. Their teeth will be chattering. You, you've got you've to help them understand. Do not fear. God gave Mary an angel. God gave Mary a scare. But I'm not sure it was just a scare. It was God's assurance. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It is I. I am with you. Then God gave Mary a mystery. Verses 30 to 34. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. God is going to squeeze his awesomeness into human flesh. And he wanted Mary to help. Is it any wonder that she would ask, how is this going to happen? Mary asked God the question that many have asked ever since. How? She wanted to know whose idea this was. How exactly is this going to happen? She's trying to make sense, which we often do. We try to make sense out of things that don't always make sense. You and I, we all have questions of God, don't we? There are several questions I think if I was Mary, I would have wanted to ask, like, is Joseph going to stick around? Are my parents still going to love me? Are my friends going to stand by me? Are they going to drag me out of the city? Are they going to stone me to death? Is, is labor going to be hard? Is somebody going to be there with me? Am I all alone in this? Am I going to survive this birth? I think my list of questions could go on and on. But I like Mary's question. For often our why questions, when we ask our why questions, when we bump into something we don't understand, we, we ask why. Why now? Why this? Why not now? But Mary doesn't ask why. Mary asks how. How will this happen? Our whys often don't have the answers. How? There's an answer to her question. Brings us to another thing God gave Mary. He gave her trouble. The very next words out of Mary's mouth indicate the enormous size of the trouble. How will this be since I am a virgin? This is not a simple, insignificant thing. You, you, you know what they did to unwed virgins who became pregnant back then, right? They stoned them. The, the shame on the family was so heavy. The embarrassment of the fiancé so intense 
the sin was considered so great that they often would drag them to the edge of the city and stone her to death. Sometimes when God steps into our circumstances, they don't get better. Sometimes they get worse. Sometimes following his will, his will is not the easy path. Sometimes it's the more difficult path. His, his plan sometimes doesn't always lay out us in a prosperous way or at least the way we think we ought to be. Sometimes his gift means trouble. That's one of the confusing things in our culture about being a follower of Jesus. It's a misunderstanding. Like the old country song says, he never promised a rose garden. See, if you're really going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, if you're really going to answer his call, if you're really going to, going to live the life he calls you to live, then sometimes he calls you to go into tough places, and sometimes he calls you to tough tasks, and sometimes he calls you to trust and to have faith. But one of the things he does say is no matter your circumstance, no matter your path, no matter your place, no matter your trouble, I will be with you. And that makes, folks, that makes all the difference. One more thing that God gave Mary. God gave Mary a tiny package strangely wrapped. How will this be since I am a virgin, she asks. And angel tells her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. For nothing is impossible with God. There's a big $5, maybe $10 theological word for this. It's called incarnation. It means, uh, incarnation means in, in the flesh. The, the idea that God came in the flesh. Awesome, mighty God came as a baby. The gigantic power that created the planets and flung the stars into place emptied himself into the thumbs and fingers of two tiny little hands. How did it happen? Honestly, I don't know. Mary didn't know. The angel didn't know. Theologians today don't know. And if you find any that are able to explain the whole process to you, you probably ought to walk away. For there are some things that aren't meant to be known. There are some things that can't be known this side of heaven. There are some things that, that we use that word faith for. Those things that we don't understand, and yet we see the handprints and the fingerprints of God all over them. And we have learned in the process of our life, we have learned to step out and trust. Nothing, the angel says, is impossible with God. For the first Christmas, God gave Mary an angel. He gave Mary a scare, a mystery, trouble, a tiny package, strangely wrapped. What did Mary offer God. Well, Mary didn't have a vast bit of gifts to offer. She simply gave God the only thing she could give herself. Verse 38 says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. No arguments, no excuses, no postponements, no refusals, just surrender. I don't know about you, but, but I tend to be the one who will argue or offer an excuse or ask for a postponement or, or some kind of refusal when, when sensing God wants to move in a certain direction. Not Mary. She said, may it be to me 
he has said. What better gift could a person give to Christmas? You understand, that's really what God has wanted all along the way. From the very beginning of his hands creating you, what he's wanted all along the way is you. Every year we knock ourselves out trying to find the perfect gift for Christmas. We call that Christmas, but it's not. It's not really Christmas at all. The fulfillment of Christmas is when you, like Mary, give yourself into the hands of God and trust and surrender your will and your to-do list and your wants and your preference to Him. Imagine if if we were having a, a... big dignitary who was coming to town and, and we decided we were going to throw a big party for them, somebody very special and, and we decorated and we did all of the work that, that it does for, you know, like a big party kind of a scene and, and it, was su- it was such joyous atmosphere that we even brought gifts to exchange with one another and, and while we were doing that the important person arrives but the, but the crowd is so caught up in the gift giving that they, that they hardly notice that he is there, in fact they celebrate as if he's not even that's that's not what Christmas was meant to be. Christmas is God's gift to his people who cried out for a Savior. Christmas is God's gift to his people who cried out that they, they needed more. Christmas is God's gift to his people so that we might know him. Christmas is one of those times, one of those times throughout the year that they become even more available to us where we choose to align our story with God's story. Where we re-examine where we are in this journey with Him and we, we understand this gift that He has given us. And, and Christmas begins one of those times in the, in the newness of a manger, begins one of those times for us to re-examine once again. Is our story in line with the story of God? Are we living as He calls us to live? Are we living as if we've given ourselves to His In three days, Christmas will dawn once again. Our attention will be focused on a lot of things. Friends and families, emotions will soar, meals will be eaten, gifts will be opened, old memories will be talked about, and new memories will be made. And all of those are exactly how they should be. So let me ask you the question I started with. What are you giving this Christmas? Will you, this week, in the next few days, before the day comes, will you draw aside for a while, away from the hustle and the bustle of the calendar and the to-do list and the stuff? Will you draw away and just be alone with God? And in that moment, share the gift of yourself with Him. Will you, along with Mary, Join me in praying the prayer, Lord, I surrender to you. I give myself to you. I am your servant. May it be to me as you have said. Could we make this Christmas time as we move through this fourth Sunday of Advent, this time where we've talked all the way along about waiting and longing for God to break in, could it be that God wants to break in and is waiting for us, for us to open ourselves and say, whatever you want, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, may it be to me 
as you have said. This could be the greatest gift you'll ever give. And when you give yourself to him, there's something about God's upside-down economy. When you give yourself to him, it makes it possible for you to be a real gift giver. And I'm not talking about the kind of gifts that you can put under the tree or, or that you can unwrap, but the gifts that come from aligning your life with God's. So my prayer for us as we move out of this Advent season and we move into this joy of Christmas, my prayer for you is this. May you be a people that give Father, this season of Advent has been about us making a journey and preparing for the days that follow. It has been about us preparing our hearts. It has been about us examining our lives. It has about, been about us looking at our story and, and answering honestly how well it lines up with your story. We have journeyed these last four Sundays to prepare our hearts for the, the Christmas child. But not just the Christmas child that we remember born in a baby, but the child that grows up and the child that lives out your call and the child that goes to the cross and the child that is raised again from the dead. God who calls us to follow after and to be his disciples.
this journey these last weeks, Lord, it means nothing if we if we come to this place and we, we haven't come to a place where we're ready to just invite you to have your way in any way that you call. We're reminded that the greatest gift ever given is the gift of your grace. So we want to say, as we leave this place today and we move into Christmas, we want to give ourselves to you. May this journey have been well worth it because we've drawn closer to you. Because we've gotten ready for once again the celebration of God tearing open the heavens and breaking in. May we be ready when we leave this place today to say with full voice, may it be unto me as you have said. We'll go where you call us to go. We'll be who you call us to be. We will choose joy in the midst of our circumstance. And day by day, we will look less like us and more like you. Oh, that we come into this joyous Christmas giving thanks for your holy name. And it is in that name we pray. Amen. Lord bless you as you go and as you give to those that are around you. See you at Christmas Eve.